and welcome to the Adaptive Executive Podcast, where we meet with senior executives and discuss how to keep yourself and your organization adaptive and your employees engaged. My name is Greg Ballard, founder and owner of 5C Consultant, and I am your host. If you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, you can apply on our website at 5C.Consulting. Look for the word podcast. For now, let's dive into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Adaptive Executive. I'm your host, Greg Ballard, and I am here with a very special guest, Jillian O'Brien. Jillian is the founder and residence at Pilot, and uh, Jillian, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to have you here. So founder and residence, as I understand, this is a, a new title out there, and uh, you have it. So help us understand what is this title, and how did you, how did you come to, to earn it? Yeah, it's really fun um, kind of having this unique role. Uh, and it is one of the more common questions that I get, which is like, what what does that mean and what does that do? Um, and basically, a little bit about my history is before joining Pilot, I actually was a founder of my own startup. Um, this was in 2019. I was um, kind of fresh out of college, um, but the, the company was called Cherry. We operated for about two years. And we ended up shutting down um, in 2020 with the onset of the pandemic. So I'm a former founder um, that's always sort of been ingrained in my identity. Um, after I shut down my company, I went and became the chief of staff and fifth employee at uh, another startup. Um, and I always kind of felt very connected to the founder journey and wanted to be a founder again. And so um, when the opportunity came up, at pilot for me to have sort of a role that really kind of took into consideration my past as a founder and, and really asked for me to use um, everything that I had learned in that experience in this role. That was really exciting for me. So that's a little bit about how I got here. And then in terms of the role itself and what it does, um, pilot mainly serves startups. We have over a thousand customers that are early stage um, or early to late stage uh, companies. And so um, really what I do is use my kind of founder empathy to work with that audience. So whether that's through uh, marketing campaigns or events, uh, whether that's through um, like sales conversations and sort of helping uh, move, move people down the funnel um, all the way through like customer experience things, um, really just kind of looking at every step of the customer journey from the founder perspective um, and catering to that audience. So. Yeah, that's a little bit about what I'm doing here. So I, I really want to capture this because I think this is kind of special and unique. So your title founder in residence is not a designation of a founder of Pilot, but having been a founder in, mm -hmm. a, in a, couple, a couple of different times, uh, being part of an organization and as a founder and if, if others are listening, other listeners here, if you've founded an organization, um, you're cut from a unique cloth. Like, you know, Jillian, we can all agree to that, right? Founders are cut from unique cloth. And it's often difficult for some founders to go work inside an organization because they're yeah. often asked to stay in your lane, do your job description, you know, put up your numbers, report to so-and-so. And that doesn't really jive with a lot of founders. And so I think what we're seeing here is Pilot is recognized 
um, not only your skills, but your character, your superpowers, if you will, your, your motivation and said, hey, listen, we want to harness that inside of this role. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think any good organization will do that for um, its team. Um, and sort of like the work environment that you're describing that a lot of entrepreneurs like can't stand, that's sort of what my first ever job experience was like that really pushed me to want to become a founder. Um, but since then, like in my chief of staff role and in this founder in residence role, um, like finding the right roles within the right size company can feel very uh, founder-esque just in the way that it's so impactful and, you know, you're working very closely with, with the founders or with the executives. And, um, so in that way, like it's, it's much easier for like an entrepreneurial person to be in those roles, um, than maybe like at a big company or in a small role at a small company or what have you. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we do people and strategy work. So this is what you're talking about is really resonating with me. Um, and I would say it's not often, sometimes it's not always the role, but it's the person that is managing the role and that relationship that you can create and their ability to recognize your strengths and recognize your motivation and the, the, the kind of the, the, the size of the problems that you need in order to feel like you're contributing, right? And a founder needs a big problem with a lot of resources and discretion at their fingertips yeah. to be able to create success. And so um, I'm hoping to see that title more now that I understand it better. Yeah, I think there's definitely a possibility for it to be on the rise. Um, I think there are a lot more uh, people like me who are like entering the job market, especially like with the way that the market conditions have been lately. There's a lot of people who are starting companies and then, you know, needing to move on for one reason or another. Um, but, you know, they still had that incredible learning experience and they want to bring that to an organization. And so, um, yeah, I would, I would hope to see more people with this title because it's, it's definitely very fun and, and cool. And it helps kind of bridge the gap for those people who maybe want their next role to be a founder again. Um, so yeah, we'll see. All right. I love it. So, so tell me about pilot and, um, tell me about the products and the, the market they're serving early stage companies, startups. Tell us about them. Yeah. So, what Pilot does is sets up and operates the entire financial stack for startups um, and growing companies. So that includes finance, accounting, tax. And then also we do like higher level CFO services like um, investor reporting, burn rate, all that kind of thing. Um, back in the day, you would basically hire an old school accounting firm to manage this for you. But now that Pilot is here, uh, we basically take all of that headache of finance and accounting off of your plate as a founder. Um, we do, you know, really focus a lot on those early stage startups because uh, for them, it is, I think, the most critical that the founders are uh, using their time uh, wisely. So basically, like, you know, the, we talked about sort of everybody has their superpowers, their like special skills. It's really important that founders are using their energy on that versus like trying to figure out how to incorporate the company or trying to figure out how to file taxes. Like those are just not things that are, they're very important things or critical things, but they're not worth the founder's time in terms of them trying to figure out how to do it themselves. Um, and a lot of first time founders can kind of make the mistake of thinking that that's something that they should be spending their time on. So um, really like pilot saves the day there. 
Um, and in terms of like our stage, we are about 400 people and growing. Um, we're series C, uh, at our last fundraise, we were valued at over a billion dollars. Um, and we have investors like Sequoia, uh, Stripe, Jeff Bezos and Index. Um, so it's a really great company, uh, just super impressive all around. I'm very proud to be part of Pilot. Well, that's fantastic. And so you're, are you working internationally or U.S. only early startups? We do uh, serve international companies if they have a United States entity. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of one caveat there. But we have a tons of international companies who have that situation. Okay, got it. And so, so early stage startups, um, dive into that, help our listeners if identify if they're one or if they're not one. So, like, is this, hey, we just got initial funding or we're going to bootstrap this? Um, it's, you know, we got an idea, we've got a bank account, it's time to call you, or when is the right time to pick up the phone, reach out to, to you or pilot? And then when is, um, where is that point where it's like, okay, pilot's probably not the right fit because like, you're kind of mm. growing out of it. Yeah. So I would say, um, like the earlier, the better in theory. Um, of course, like a lot of founders will come to us maybe like right after they raise their seed. Um, but even at the pre-seed stage or earlier, like as a business, you need books from the day that you incorporate, um, from, from the day that you launch. So, uh, whether you, you know, go with pilot, like on day one or day 50 or a hundred, you're going to need books. So, you know, we're going to need to do like that catch up work for you regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, the benefit of like starting as early as possible is just that when you're early, it's really, really simple. Um, and you can kind of guarantee that it's going to be a smooth ride, like no mistakes. Sometimes what happens with our customers is that they come to us at a point where, um, you know, maybe they're like even a little bit past their seat or they're at series a, and they've been trying to manage their books themselves, or they've had a friend do it or something. And so there are like errors and corrections that need to be made or just complexities that have to be resolved that can kind of slow things down or just like complicate things in a way that's unnecessary. So the earlier, the better, because like you want to start when it's really simple in terms of like when it's too late, um, we do serve company. The, the nice thing is we are like a fractional CFO kind of service. So we do often grow with companies from that seed stage through like, you know, series C series D, um, like, uh, you know, up to when they're even like a thousand people. Um, but I would say like, you know, companies who are maybe at like the series C or D stage and have not been using pilot yet. Um, it might, you know, kind of pose a challenge to like switch from whatever, you know, thing that you kind of have set up into pilot at that point. But, um, for the companies that start early with us, we can support them all the way, like through, um, through their scale. Got it. And so is there a specific niche of industries that you, you, the pilot is serving, um, or you really cutting across the, the market there? So I think that we're really well known in the tech industry um, and in, you know, the Bay Area, like Silicon Valley specifically, but um, Pilot does serve like just generally kind of like a ton of small businesses as well. Um, so, you know, we're more known in like the tech niche, um, but really like any startup or small business is probably a fit for Pilot. Exciting. And so you, all the bookkeeping, fractional CFO, tax as well. You guys help with? Yes. 
All right. Yep. You can it. basically get it all under one roof, which is, yeah, nice and streamlined. That sounds exciting. I think um, I'm curious to talk with you a bit more, maybe offline, because we come alongside our clients and we work with them on the people and the strategy side. And, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes we do back end, sometimes we're doing strategic work, but we're not there to do a lot of finance work. And sometimes there's a need. And so um, I could see how you folks that we know, you know, would want to take a look at this to see if it's a good fit for sure. And yeah. so, well, excellent. So is there anything, um, is anything pilots got going on? Like any, any recent news that we want to talk about? So, I mean, I think we're just really excited now that the pandemic is, I don't want to say like over or behind us, but like the, now that the restrictions have like loosened up a lot, um, we have started kind of getting back to having tons of in-person events. Um, so, you know, we just kind of wrapped up our first huge virtual event that was called founder tactics. Um, we may be doing that again next year in person. Um, we are constantly hosting, um, webinars for founders that cover topics like, you know, personal finance to, um, you know, raising a series a and like the, you know, the metrics that you would need for that. Um, so we just do a lot of things kind of content wise um, you know, in, in person events wise and so on that are just like helpful, um, and like valuable for early stage founders. Um, when I was working on my company cherry, I definitely, uh, would attend a lot of the pilot events, um, or like read the content that was posted. So I think, you know, just going to our LinkedIn or our website and browsing around, you're going to find a lot of really useful content there. Excellent. So, startups by nature are, you know, they're chaotic, right? They're scrappy, they're chaotic. You never know what's going to happen. Lots of intensive energy and effort. And you don't always know exactly what you're aiming at because you haven't figured it out yet. Uh, So the idea, um, you know, being adaptive is kind of part of the, it's, it's a requirement. Like it's, you know, minimum to play. You better be able to adapt to whatever comes at you in the day, in that moment. So I'd like to talk with you, uh, Jillian, a little bit. You've been through two startups. You're working with Pilot now. You're working with a lot of startups. What are some of the things that you have found that helped you stay on that bleeding edge of adaptivity? Yeah, I was thinking about this um, a little bit before we talked and thinking about like what's something kind of actionable that would help other people too. And I think um, something that, really helps me to stay adaptive is intentionally trying to like ruin my routine or like shake it up. Um, I think I can be this way. And a lot of other people like who are really into their career can be this way too, where you get very like perfectionistic and, um, just like obsessive over like, you know, things have to be just right in order for you to start or, um, you know, in order to like, you know, have like a good, good, like go at, at your work. So um, I think like when the restrictions happened, when the lockdowns happened and we all sort of started adapting and getting used to work from home, that was great. Um, But then a lot of people, I think, really kind of got stuck there. And like the idea now of going back to the office is like very, very hard for them, Um, which I totally understand. But for me, 
um, I noticed like, if I really want to like embody the work from home thing, if I want to be able to travel, if I want to be able to go into the office or whatever, really work from anywhere, like I have to force myself to be able to work in all different kinds of conditions uh, and all different kinds of setups. So um, for me, like I started going to coffee shops, I go into the office. Um, right now I'm in Tahoe. So like I try to go into environments that are not my own and that I'm not comfortable in and just find a way to kind of set up like my little workstation and have some focus time. Um, that was at first really hard for me because like I said, normally I would be like, oh, things have to really be just right in order for me to get going. Um, but yeah, you know, just kind of intentionally um, getting out of your comfort zone and forcing yourself to work in, in different environments is really helpful, especially if you do want to be able to work when you're traveling and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my tip. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. So I want to I want to click on that for a second because I think that's a very relevant question to ask, and um, because we all have a different place where we go and we find flow, if we can just call mm -hmm. it that. And right. what you're saying is, you if you want to do this, you have to be able to find flow anywhere at any time. Yes. And I'm curious, how has that gone? Have you really found your yourself able to be in a busy coffee shop and be able to concentrate and focus? Um, and you, you've put that stuff in place. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that that's so important because, um, you know, you, you do, you want to be able to like force or, or like get yourself into the flow state rather than like waiting for it to come to you because it's just so much more unreliable that way. And if you have to get a lot done, um, and you have a lot of responsibilities and, um, expectations, you know, kind of, of, of the work that you're going to produce, you really want to be able to have more control over that. So, um, for me, like, yes, I can go into a coffee shop now, even if it's loud, uh, and like find a way to, uh, focus there. Um, you know, I bring headphones or, you know, sometimes even environments that are too quiet are like harder to work in. So, you know, same thing. Like I have a, a routine, um, just of like the stuff that I bring around with me or, um, the music that I listen to or whatever that kind of helps like trigger me to get me into that. Um, and also I would say the same with like working hours. Like if I am just kind of going on my natural clock, uh, I'm much more the kind of person who like is working at night and like having like really good work time at like 11 PM or something. Um, but obviously like that's not always sustainable. And if you're like living with other people or you have a partner or whatever, and that's not their schedule, like you can't really do that. So also being able to like wake up early sometimes and get your work done then just you know, being willing, I think, to work outside of the, you know, normal uh, constraints or window that you have for yourself is helpful to just show yourself that you can do it and start getting um, adapted <laughs> to to those other conditions. No, I agree. And I think I think we need to create something, Jillian, you just gave me you inspired me with an idea. We need to create a repository of the best playlists for remote mm. work um, on Spotify yeah. or wherever you, you know, and, uh, and share those because I've built more playlists in 2020 and 2021 than I ever had just because I, I need music to keep my concentration and focus. And, and I can imagine there's lots of playlists out there. Um, nice. So the second, so, so, so I want to sit on this idea of uh, adapting to the remote workspace because, you know, part of that is being able to focus, you know, sit down and actually 
just crunch out a bunch of work. But another big component of that is the collaboration, which mm. back pre-COVID, right, we would do in the office, we would do in, in, a, in a boardroom or on a whiteboard. And I'm curious, how have you or how has Pilot um, embraced the remote work and collaboration together? Yeah, so, you know, Pilot is doing a really good job of that, I think. Um, we are balancing and kind of just bringing it back to what we initially talked about, which is like, you know, entrepreneurs or um, people who are really into their careers, like they need a lot of freedom. Um, and so in one way, um, Pilot does this really well in this kind of hands-off way where like, you know, because we're all working remotely and there's like a high level of trust, you know, particularly on the team that I'm part of that I, you know, know very well and can speak to, um, you know, there's just a lot of like autonomy uh, to create your own schedule, to move things around if you need to, to, you know, work on the timeline that you kind of set for yourself. Um, but there are sort of in-person things that we do, like our team is having a dinner on the 12th. Um, so, you know, we're all meeting in person for that. Um, we have an offsite, you know, every year where people meet in person. Um, we do have offices in San Francisco and Nashville, um, where it's kind of optional to return to work at this point. Um, so, you know, some people are starting to go in and meet each other. So it's really like a good manifestation of that hybrid model. Um, where you kind of are getting the best of both worlds. Um, and I think, I really do think that both are, are very important for like, you know, the future of work. So that, that's how Pilot's doing it. Excellent. So st sticking with, with Pilot and how you guys are organized and structured, I'm curious, have you, has there been, is there any intentional strategic strategy on the man from the management team uh, to keep the organization adaptive? Right. And, and when we talk about adaptability, we're talking about agility and resilience, right? And, mm. you know, to keep up with the market, right? In order to, to pivot where the market goes and to withstand all the changes and, you know, what happens when, you know, when the world gets locked down for a year and a half. Um, right. Is there anything organizationally in the structure or in the culture that you would say that is, is really feeding their, you know, pilot's ability to stay adaptive? Yeah, I think something that really comes to mind for me is um, pilot, and and this is particularly relevant because um, I think that recently we've seen like two major. Um, I don't want. I don't know if I want to call them crashes, but like those sort of like moments in like the tech industry recently. One was kind of right when COVID came about in 2020, and then one was more recently when we had like kind of the economic downturn, but you know, we're, we're basically in both of those instances, we saw a lot of layoffs happening. Um, and it's really uh, interesting, like pilot has never, you know, neither of those instances had to do layoffs or hiring freezes or anything, mm. um, which I think is extremely impressive. Um, and I do believe that that's because this is ingrained in the culture. And then, of course, like in the actions that the executives take, but um, there's really a focus on just being a sustainable business. So um, an example or like what I'm talking about is Pilot is very smart with its finances, of course, like we're a, you know, a finance company and that's what we're helping other startups do. So like we have to be the example of that. But um, like a particular way that I, that I think about this, especially because my first company that I started was a um, perks and benefits company, like Pilot does not waste money on unnecessary perks. 
Um, it's not frivolous. Like it's a very, I think, Amazon-esque approach to um, to our culture and to um, kind of like how how things are set up. So like there's just a very, um, I think, smart way that money is being spent. And um, yeah, there's just not like when 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 the like when 2021 happened, for example, and like there was the hiring market became like as competitive as it's ever been. I think you saw a lot of startups getting super creative with their hiring strategy, like all kinds of crazy perks, um, like insane spending, you know, because it was this like grow, grow, grow time. Um, but that did not end up being sustainable. I think like pilot has always been very rational and like written things out very, um, sustainably. And so that's why, um, we haven't had to, yeah, ha have any kind of like layoffs or hiring freezes in response to some of these market conditions. I got it. Yeah. So when you think we look at pilot and obviously there's, there's more of these kind of tech stacks coming out. I'm seeing them in the people side, you know, we're looking at, Hey, you know, what tech stacks do we want to bring into our clients? Um, and we're now seeing here pilot with the finance tech stack specifically for startups. And I'm curious, is there, uh, is this the, the, the kind of the, I want to articulate the question. Um, so this is kind of the main offering that Pilot has. Is there anything that Pilot is looking at or considering uh, building on top of what already exists to continue to serve that market? Mm. Yeah, so I mean, I think um, something that I, that, that Wasim said to me um, when I first started that I remember is uh, like our customers ask us all the time, like, you know, you guys do such a good job at X, like, do you also do Y or can you do Y or Z or, you know, whatever, like they have suggestions for us or they want us to do other things. And, but that's a really good indication because it means that like the product that we're delivering to them right now is really good and they really like it and they trust us. And so they want us to like cover other things for them. Um, but like I said, I think, you know, pilot is, is focused on being a sustainable business. So like we're focused on, um, our current offering. And, um, I think that there's a lot more that we have to grow in that area before we start expanding out. Um, although that is definitely, uh, something that will happen eventually, but for right now, what we do is, um, we integrate with the APIs of a bunch of other, um, FinTech platforms like Stripe, Brex, Festo, Shopify, Square. Um, so like we have a bunch of partners that we really respect and recommend that kind of cover some of those other adjacent, um, like startup finance areas. I got it. I got it. Great. This has been a really fascinating conversation. I mean, all the way from like your journey and, you know, founding Jerry, your perks company and working with uh, Dover and, um, and uh, also I think there was an, another one you talked about um, and now being the founder in residence here at Pilot. So you've had an amazing journey. You're doing great things and Pilot's doing some great things with early startups, providing financial services. I'm curious, is there something you'd like to kind of maybe share with our listeners, like a, a book, an article, a quote, or something that has helped you to kind of keep your mind honed and focused on, on what's in front of you? Mm. So I, um, something that I read, I, I really like um, Strictly VC. Uh, I subscribe to a lot of newsletters. Um, 
I am usually someone who reads a lot of like business books. Uh, one of my favorites that I can recommend is um, Social Chemistry by Marissa King. Um, that's like one of the most recent books that I read that I absolutely loved. But I'm actually also kind of taking a break and just reading some uh, like novels, like Normal People and Valley of the Dolls right now. Um, so it's good to also kind of like take a break from that stuff sometimes. Um, so yeah, what's that, the theme real quick, favorite. social chemistry. I saw this on your website and yes. I was really curious. <laughs> what's the, what's the thesis or the premise of that, that book? Mm, it's basically, um, talks about how there are three different types of networks that one can have, um, or like three different networking styles that one can have. Um, I think also like it talks about like why the word networking creates like such a, a visceral reaction out of people and like our associations with it, but how our networks, our communities are like the people that we know ultimately can like help us create just amazing lives. Um, and so it really discusses that and it investigates that. And towards the end of the book sort of talks more about like, you know, the, um, like org psychology type of stuff and how even just like where you sit within an office can really affect, you know, your, your career path. So there's just a lot of really interesting hmm. um, tidbits and insights in there that I think, um, yeah, just like very, very fascinating for, for me. Um, so yeah, big, big recommendation on that one. Love it. Love it. All right. And uh, with that, if someone wanted to, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out to you or to pilot, um, you know, how do we, how do we get in touch with you? How do we get in touch with pilot? Yeah, so um, I would say uh, you, you can just email me, which is Jillian, G-I-L-L-I-A-N dot O'Brien, O-B-R-I-E-N at pilot.com. Um, you can also find me on Medium where I have a blog and I am Jillian dash O'Brien on Medium. And then um, for the listeners of this podcast, you can get 20% off of Pilot by going to pilot.com slash adaptive. Um, so those are some ways to get in touch with us. Well, thank you. Adaptive. Well, we'll add those to the show notes. Um, and uh, Jillian, really want to thank you for taking some time to coming on our show and sharing a little bit of your story and what keeps you adaptive. Thank you for Thank, thank you so you much for, for having me. Awesome. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Adaptive Executive Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn and by subscribing to our mailing list. Again, my name is Greg Ballard, and thank you for listening.